Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 377 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 377. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel TV. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week, uh, two are very similar. The third one is a bit of a connection to it based on the context of our technique discussion today. So let's dive into some of the, uh, the, the tools one at a time for this. The first tool I'd like to talk about, I mentioned once before briefly for a different reason, and that is speedppc.com. Uh, Speedppc, um, it helps create uh, some very um, comprehensive ad sets. Uh, for anybody that's had to build Google ad campaigns, uh, there's an inception. It's like a, it's like a writer uh, writing a book. You have a basic concept that you're looking to approach. You're beginning to break it down into where do you think you're going to start? What are the variations? Uh, what are you going to say about each of the variations? Who you're targeting the variations to? And it expands from there. There's a starting, a middle, and an end, so to speak, uh, as it relates to storytelling. It's sometimes very hard at the inception point as to the diversification. I often find many times that when I'm creating ad groups, uh, ad campaigns, that I backtrack and figure before I get tooth down a rabbit hole that might not be as productive as I hope, let me go back up a few steps and make other variations while I think of them that I might want to go back to and expand on later, so to speak. Well, Speed PPC is really incredibly handy for taking your inception of what the campaign is supposed to be for and plugging it in and with a very few pieces of input you know uh, tonalities of topic and or keywords uh, some competitive information if you want it'll generate this massively very cool ad campaign for you that all you literally have to do is say yep that looks right maybe put some polish on a few little details and then send it over to you Google ad campaigns that it interfaces with and lo and behold, boom, there it is and it can start and start running. So uh, we'll get more into functionalities of things like this in just a little bit with our technique discussion, but our tool, number one tool that we've started with is speedppc.com. Our second tool that I want to talk about is in the same vein as speedppc, uh, but it tells itself differently, but I use it in the same way. So just be fair. Uh, this is a little bit more of an expansion of concept. And this is ppcadeditor.com. Another another function of client relationships with ad campaigns and so forth is you have some clients that don't want to know how the sausage is made. They just want you to start producing results. Uh, it's up to me to go from zero to hero and give them the reports of what we were doing in the sense of performance. Other clients, however, want to have a certain awareness as to how you are thinking about creating these things, what goes into the creation of those things to make sure that you are in uh, parallel or in sync with what they feel represents their product. So 
Sometimes they're just being nosy. Other times they really truly want to be a part of the process. Uh, for that end, you need to collaborate with your clients. And the platform that I use all the time now is ppcadeditor.com. This isn't about content, you know, image ads where we've, we've talked about other tools that you can do mock-ups of ads and so forth and all the various sizes and send them over for them to approve. This is actually about campaign building. What filters are you using? What is your topics and, and content and keywords that you're doing? What is the ad derivatives that you're using? Where are you going to be putting all these variations in a mock-up environment? It creates and puts in a very nice format uh, all of your ad strategy. The cool part is it does it more than just Google. It does Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Pinterest, TikTok, uh, Instagram. It does all these platforms. It creates the ad concepts, all the, the, the terms and the keywords and the ad groups and the, the ad types and everything in these platforms. Now, it touts it to help you to do that in your client dialogue and your own creative flow through of making sure you're seeing it in an omnipresent way. Um, but the really cool feature that I use it mostly for is, it, besides that, is it then exports it for you into the platform that you need uh, whether it be whatever you've created the ad campaigns on. So it literally gives you the format that you need um, to uh, put the data in to your ad campaign and get it started, which is amazingly awesome. So um, these are two tools that are very similar. They approach it from different perspectives, but the end result is that they create the ad structure that you can shortcut your way into creating. And that is uh, ppcadeditor.com. The last tool that I want to refer to is of a different context. <laughs> it's going to be kind of funny when you hear the The tool is called contextminds.com. Context Minds, I'm a huge mind jet, uh, mind map person. Uh, on VR, I use a platform called Noda, which is me standing in a virtual warehouse room, making little balls of uh, something in the middle there and connecting dots. So I have a, a mind map, a, a process of thought that says this is connected to this and this is an idea out here. It's a mind map. I've also used Mind Manager. I use uh, Strategic Logic. I use lots of platforms that do this kind of stuff, both in 3D and in 2D. It, think of it as uh, workflows, funnels, and also um, like organizational structures, you know, here's this overview, how it fractions out. It's a way of connecting thought processes together. Um, so this platform, Context Minds, is really cool for that reason of doing it, where you can create concepts and then create interrelated concepts. But the real value of it is it does it for keywords and topics and thoughts and creatives, and it gives you ways of keeping track of notes for it so that, say, for instance, I need to blank sheet of paper and pen, begin to create an ad campaign for a client, and I need an inception point. And I need to build from that inception point, either create and validate the inception or realize that that inception is not accurate. What it does is, is as you add terms and keywords to what you think is that bubble, that, that topic, it will go and pull the data from Google as to the volume on that on that topic, the volume on that keyword, the, uh, the authority of that keyword, the competitive uh, ranking of that keyword. So it begins in a very helpful way to show you 
the validation of your concept as you're building it. Rather than coming up with, oh, I think the greatest thing since sliced bread is XYZ, only to find out that XYZ has no traffic, and you just wasted your whole time on conceptualizing doing something with XYZ where it's not really going to generate what you want it to generate. This allows you to free flow the value of the ideas that you have with the reality of what it would potentially produce based on its metrics. It also, and they say AI, but machine learning or advanced algorithm, whatever we want to look at it, uh, also has a suggestion and interaction tool to give you ideas related to what you're putting up on the board. It's like a whiteboard with circles, dots, and lines kind of stuff. And it will say, hey, if you're thinking about this, here's some other things based on ranking and or volume of traffic and or uh, 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 market competition value other terms that you could use. So it helps you build this construct. Now, it's not as easy to get that information over to the platform that you're working with because it doesn't build it in the constructs that immediately just plug it into a Google ad manager and it creates ad campaigns. It's more of a tool that you can use for your team, but the cool part is you can extract it in CSV, the terms and the keywords you've created and, the, and, and so forth, that you can then take them and drop them into your Google team, uh, your Google uh, pro, uh, ad creator and develop ad campaigns from that, or better yet, throw it into the two other tools we just mentioned. So kind of blended a little bit of our tool description with a little bit of what our technique discussion is gonna be, but our three tools for review this week are speedppc.com, ppcadeditor.com and contextminds.com, which, with no further ado, brings us to our technique of the week, which is... Now, for this week's hospitality technique. AI marketing is here. Actually, it's already been here. <laughs> the tools are related to the topic, but we have more to expand on the topic than just the tools value proposition to this. So we're talking about these, these, these tools that go beyond your hands on the keyboard thinking and doing. It takes what you're starting with and it expands on it exponentially as to what it can provide in additional content and or creativity and or shortcuts of time that you would need to normally have spent doing something it now does for you. That's all well and good. But in the world of what we're looking at, and this ties together to our live uh, show, uh, TV show that we did today on uh, uh, the topic of engage, intent and engagement, which we'll get to as well in our review, is we're talking about AI involvement. And what the AI involvement truly is about is the addition of data the way we've never had data before and again we'll get more into this on the recap of the live show and i certainly recommend you listen to our live show today because we got into deep on this this concept is we talk about causation and effect we talk about indications on different points of of what we're doing for data how we're doing things for data and we look at markers like roi or clicks or um volume of traffic. These are indicators that give us an idea of what it is that we're going to be doing in a strategy response faction. With large data now, we have the ability to look at before they engage with us and after they engage with us and use that relevant data to determine what our next actions or engagements should be. Because of the volume of data that we are dealing with, mainly you know, places like Google and Amazon, we functionally can't work in that space. We, there's tools that will help us, guide us, like the ones we just mentioned, but much larger tools also that are being made available as well. To that end, we'll just paraphrase it under what everyone else calls it, which is AI. AI is <clears throat> about uh, looking at larger, non-linear 
concepts and seeing if they have an, infl- uh, an, an, an engagement to the data that we're looking to discover. GA4, the whole progress of GA4 and what it's going to be doing for us, it, gathering and, get, and, and looking at all data points, and then us having to ask the right questions as to what we want from that data is an inversion, as we've talked about in the past couple of weeks, to how we've been doing things now, which is sifting through our data to find the thing that we find most valuable. So instead of discovering something, we are actively asking to identify something. Thing. And that's the difference of what we're talking about. Well, AI in the sense of tools and functionality in service usage is here and now. Um, for those who are not familiar with when you build at Google ad campaigns and so forth, you have a platform called Google Performance Max program. Anytime you create a new ad campaign, you go through this platform, this gateway, and it's usually large tiles like, what do you want to do with uh, with this ad ca- that, uh, that you're creating? What, what context are you putting it in? Is it for lead generation, website traffic, conversion? It asks very fundamental questions, and depending upon which large tile you click, it then expands those options as to what you're going to do focused in on that function. That is the Google Performance Max model. That is what you're trying to do. Um, For that reason, they want to go over and um, uh, guide you through the process based on what you consider to be the most high priority um, function that you're creating these ad campaigns for. Well, in this Performance Max, they have really amped up what they want this platform to do for you. For instance, being the fourth quarter of this year, um, it is uh, they're, they're testing. They're actually taking advantage of the fact that we're in a high retail period or high traffic period. They have all their models that will automate a lot of these functions based upon what they know as being your the intent of the users before they interacted with you or what you're putting out there and what they did after okay they interacted with you by means of engagement so did you deflect the media or not so to speak and from that they will be able to determine based on all this predication of knowledge and post engagement knowledge organize what your priority is to know when is the best time to represent your ads and to whom that ad should be represented to in an optimum state. In other words, you're playing chess against a computer. You can interpret data and you can humanize your data and internalize it for what you would think would be your response to the data, but you're taking a subset of one or a small sample set or an implied reference from your own perspective against what everybody else is going to be doing with that same set data that you're putting out there. And I mean data being your ads and your content. Google, like a machine, is opposite of us as humans. Humans try to to uh, simplify to a singular of understanding. What's my perspective? That's why we categorize our, our market types into definitions of like Smurf, uh, where we talk about corporate travel versus transient travel. We try to identify them under our classification. So we're not dealing with a hundred or a thousand individual perspectives. We're dealing with uh, uh, 10 different perspectives that have a hundred into it each. We generalize them. We know that that kind of shaves off the detail and, and homogenizes our perspective of them. But if we can classify them that way, we have a better way of understanding what we're going to do to talk to those people based on a common theme, which is usually their market interest. Machine learning is just the inversion. They don't want to simplify the data. They want to 
expand the data. They want as much detail as possible to make a perspective, not simplify it. That expansion of data is exactly upside down from the way we've run things up to this point. So things like the Performance Max tool that is getting updated, what it's saying is, hey, look, tell us what you're interested in advertising, you know, for what reason, or to make sales or to get traffic to a website or whatever. And we'll take it from here and you give us the content that you want to share with them. We'll optimize it and we'll optimize how we're going to present it to all the people for all the things we know about them before you ever get to know who they are, before they ever engage with your content. And how did it affect them after they engaged with your content? That level of broad uh, perspective, that, that ability for the machine learning, their AI to be that granular, to be that targeted, is literally like trying to beat a, a computer in chess. You're always trying to outthink something that already knows more than you do about what exactly you're doing. And that's where it's going to be interesting to see what Google's Performance Max editions are going to do. It does already some things that we've talked about, not only last week's podcast, last week's live show, but also this week in the, in the live show as well, about the engagement process that it, when it comes to billing and so forth, you have what's called uh, like bumper ads. Uh, these are short, very brief uh, videos that are put in front of videos that are to be the least intrusive video pitch. It's a small, quick message. So it doesn't make the person that's watching the video and has to go through your ad to get to it uh, frustrated or uh, inattentive because they're frustrated or aggravated that they have to see your ad, but that it triggers short enough, brief enough, but concise enough and related to them enough that they will pay attention to it. It doesn't mean they're going to click on what you want them to click at that moment, but they will be in, influenced by their engagement later, perhaps, that Google will also measure. Well, Google is now able to expand or contract that bumper ad depending upon the predication of them engaged with it, the intent of their, their travels through the internet that Google is tracking, they can say, you know what, it's worth us playing a longer version of this ad to these people and a shorter version of, ad, of this ad to these people because it knows enough about their intent to know what the possibility of the shorter versus longer video view would mean to them. So bumper ads are one of the first revelations we're seeing where Google is adaptively changing the messaging content to optimize its impact value based on the engagement it creates. And the engagement doesn't mean, in our traditional mindset, the click that it produced, the conversion that produced, but rather the change in trajectory of that person's engagement with us post-engagement time, post-interaction time with us, the, the long-term engagement with us. There's other things that uh, it's doing that... Uh, it allows for variability of pausing and starting ad campaigns. So where you made an ad campaign for a particular reason and it wasn't producing at a level that you felt was legitimizing it and you've left it there, you can throw that into the hopper with Google and Google will look at it and see if there is variations to your ad types variations to what you did as filtering for it that might produce a higher productivity for it. And that's what makes it very interesting because now you're really letting the plane fly itself. You're sitting in the pilot's chair, but you're watching the yoke and the dials and the levers move themselves. You're there just in case you feel like you want to take it over. It doesn't mean you're going to fly it better. It just means you're there to make sure that if you want to, you could fly it. That's where these AI marketing tools are are present in our current world right now. This stuff with the new Performance Max program enhancements happened already now. That's already a part of what you do. You go into Performance Max and you can actually use these tools now. One of the really cool tools 
tools that have rolled into this is the performance planner. Now, the performance planner is very akin to when you did um, uh, lab testing ads, where you did ad campaigns and you didn't run them. And and I talked about this in the live show a little bit. And let's bring in. Well, we won't. We'll get to that. Um, one of the things is is that with um, with lab tools is you create a mock ad campaign. But it's a mock campaign. It's not actually spending money. And what it does is it runs, oh, excuse me, you make it and it spends money, but according to the variables that you create to see whether or not that's a good variable to your other ad campaigns. You have to let real time pass running these lab ads, okay, to see whether there's legitimacy in the filtering that you created for them. Okay, um, there's a mock component of that will show you what it could have produced. Then there's a real component of what it did produce. But you have to allow real time to pass by to see if there was a validity to this, the authentication of numbers. And then going to how we handle regular ad campaigns when we first initiate them, we create a variety of ad campaigns, like a wide casted net that we eventually cull down to the ones that are most productive so that we don't squander monies based on certain ROI thresholds that we deal with uh, for them to be optimized. Well, the new um, Google Performance Max Program Performance Planner allows for a simulation. It literally, as you put in your ad content and what you want it to do and what you think it should do and what you think your budget will be for it, it will immediately give you feedback on the right bar, bar that says, based on all this, this is what we think it's going to cost you out of the budget you want to have and what from the budget you have, what we think it's going to produce for you. And that estimate is on a simulation about all the notes that Google has about the user experiences that you're trying to target. And that's a great, huge first step. I used to use a platform called OWAC, still do actually, uh, that does that, where you, you mock up volumes of traffic, cost of acquisition of traffic and so forth in this model, a mind map for those. And it goes through the whole process to show you what your potential revenue generation be, would be based on your campaigns. And then you start creating variants. Okay, what if I change this part? How would it change the bottom line number? What if I change this part? Why would it change the bottom line number? It allows you to do model simulations of revenue streams. Well, now Google is giving that as a tool in its Performance Max program. So before I start keep stepping over our review of the live show, let's just get to it. So that is our technique of the week. AR marketing, AI marketing is here. Actually, it's already been here. And now let's go over and talk about our news and show review. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. News and show review. Our topic today on the live show is why is intent and engagement analytics the new thing? And I actually said we can expand that title to why is internet intent and engagement analytics and marketing the new thing? And we talked about the fact that, and we have been beating up ROI for a while. ROI is a solid number. It's not a go away number. It's not a throwaway number. But if it's the only measuring stick you have, then it will always preclude other opportunities that it doesn't measure well against. Uh, the, the conversation in the live show mainly being about intent marketing, which is uh, a high funnel conversation about engaging people. And the example I gave of it is that, you know, 100 people come to your website, 97% of them or 97 of them do nothing with your website. They just leave. And we are fixated on that 3% that seem to look like we can convert them to an acquisition. So we discard the chafe, as I said, of 97% of the traffic. You know, keep track of the overall metrics. Look at how many people came to our website. Look at uh, people went to these pages. Gross numbers, but they're not relevant to the actual what did we make from it ROI discussion. And I said that in this whole intent and engagement process, you're addressing what does that other 97 that we didn't do anything with tell us? And is there value to who they were 
when they from their engagement with us. So what what was the engagement that came latter of their interaction with us? Uh, is there any value proposition to that? Is there any means for us to reconnect with them and so forth? And that's where all of this new data, we talked about the fact that, you know, there's been buzzwords for years about big data and so forth. And we all had wonderful stories to think about what that means and so forth. And the reality, reality was we also knew it was going to take large organizations to somehow put their arms around most of the data acquisition and make sense of it. Well, that's what the Googles and the Amazons of the world have been doing these days is saying that they have the ability to look at everything prior to the engagement with us and after that intersection of the engagement with us, what did it create as an engagement residue Okay, afterwards? And that's where the data is truly being implemented into our daily functions. Uh, last week, I talked about the Google flip upside the, uh, the marketing world for us because now, as I said, where we would try to figure out that one person that's willing to buy something from us and disregard all the data that didn't drive us to that that conclusion, we're now in the inversion process, which says, tell us everything about the data and let's ask the right questions of the data as to what we should understand from it to know who that person is that would buy from us. Same end result to a degree, but more results because there'd be more people potential from it by doing it the newer way. So we went back and forth about the difference between the whole intent for engagement versus ROI and markers and indicators and so forth we did. Fascinating conversation in that sense because it is a new way of thinking. It's going to become more and more prevalent in our time of marketing for 2023 especially because of things like GA4, um, being an all-inclusive data acquisition and then us having to ask the right question. We lose the connection to the real data, the raw data. We don't get spreadsheets of the pieces. Now we get the fact that we get to ask questions of Google and Google answers those questions. That's the change in relationship forces that we are now relying upon the machine to tell us what it is that, that it knows about our stuff. Uh, we've shifted that way. So uh, iRobot has come true in the movie in that sense, or Isaac Asimov's book has come true in that way. Uh, we are now relying upon the machine to tell us. So Vicky's going to tell us what's going on. Um, anyways, the the whole context of intent and intent engagement, we will talk more about as time goes forward. It kind of goes in vain with a conversation we had in show number 373. Uh, we were talking about not ROI, but pace and trend. Um, being the new uh, indicators as to what we should be paying attention to. Uh, these are all in the way our type of, of marketing is transitioning from what it has historically done to what it is moving into because of this now ability to use expanded data beyond just the interaction data that we've always relied upon. So there you have it. Uh, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, the list goes on 39 platforms and counting. We're even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Simply ask to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast and Shazam, there we are. Um, of course, if you like the show, please, please, please rate us and leave a comment that both gives us the feedback we so much crave and the insights as to what you feel about the content we're providing and if there's any changes or additions you'd like us to have. Or if you'd like to join us on the show, really, more than 
welcome to do that. I answer each and every email at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. And of course, by reviewing and subscribing, uh, that means, and commenting, that means uh, that makes it easier for other people to discover us by you doing that. So please do that as well. Of course, for all of the replays of our podcasts and our live shows, we have a forever running I Love Lucy rerun platform called hospitalitychannel.tv. You'll go there. And it's just show after show after show after show. It is searchable content. We're expanding that even more so. But if you would like to, uh, please remember that you can watch our live show every week live on TV on the Hospitality Channel TV station. And that is on Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon TV, and Google TV. Simply look for the Hospitality Channel. The live show is always on the free gateway. Um, the paid uh, gateway gives you access to much more rich media content and things just about the uh, hospitality industry. It's like a Netflix-based platform. One fee per month gets you access to all of it. The fee is only $4.99 a month. Uh, well worth the content that's on the other side of that. But also, if you want to and you're an advanced user or journeyman user of the of marketing for hospitality, you can join us in our hospitalitymarketing.club. There is a threshold of entry. We are not a basics engagement. We don't teach you what PPC is. We don't teach you uh, what digital marketing is. There's plenty of basic training out there. We're not, you know, there's, that, that's, that's a busy audience out the crowd out there now teaching this kind of stuff. A lot of people that teach it, they never even do it even. Um, but we are an advanced and journeyman level peer group. Uh, it's free for now. Uh, but we think we envision it as the community continues to grow that we'll make it a payment gateway in time. So join early. Uh, there is a threshold to enter in. There's a 10-question quiz that we send you when you sign up. You have to get nine of those 10 questions correct to show us that you have a working knowledge of all of these things so that you can join the discussion. And then within the peer groups, you begin to accelerate up into more and more advanced discussions by merit and by uh, by recommendation. In that, and the reason why I brought it up is it gives you access to the Hospitality Channel TV station as well as a part of being a member of the club. So you can save yourself some coin there as well. So remember, we do our live show, our live TV show, every Friday, 1130 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel channel. And for that reason, we'll be up to show number 378 next week, along with the podcast, as always. And until then, my name is Lauren Gray. I thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 377 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved, copyright 2022.